Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishonda Shines. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. So it's November. The season is slowly coming to an end, although there's still a lot of fall marathon races, a few long course uh, races still happening. But for the most part, this is the time where we start to think about what is going to happen for 2023. What is our game plan? What races are we going to do? How do we need to train? What should we do during our quote unquote off season so that we can have a very strong beginning to our season and not try to like catch up? Now, listen, I'm one who in the past is like off season. Woo, it is time to just relax and do nothing, sit in front of the TV, catch up on all binge watching. But I've also grown and I've learned that that is not wise. And again, I don't want you making mistakes that I've made, but I also think it's also about learning and growing and evolving. And that's what I've done as an athlete. And that's what I would like for you to do as an athlete, because even though we're here to try beginner's luck, we can always try beginner's luck and be smart too at the same time. And so for that reason, I thought it was important to bring on a doctor of physical therapy who specializes in mobility and working with runners and multi-sport athletes from Olympic qualifiers in the marathon to Kona qualifiers in the Ironman distance, all the way to couch to 5k runners and everything in between. She is none other than Dr. Sarah Weiner, who's owner of DC Physical Therapy and Fitness. Well, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck, Dr. Sarah Weimer. Hey, Dr. Sarah. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> well, welcome again to Try Beginners. Like, I'm so excited to have you here. And um, what I and how I've come to know about Dr. Sarah Weimer is I was a patient coming to her for physical therapy. And then I had to stop coming because, you know, job changes. And she's a like legit facility. And so they only take the expensive insurance and my insurance went to a different insurance, but no, that's neither here or there, but my insurance changed. I wasn't able to come to her and then the pandemic happened. And then she did something brilliant. She started outdoor workouts for all of her athletes as she was rehabilitating several of us. And then it just turned into a massive session on the National Mall right here in Washington, D.C. Dr. Sarah, tell me about your evolution and how did you know or realize that that was something that was needed at that particular time? Yeah, the pandemic kind of kickstarted my business. Everyone needed a stress relief, number one, but also rehab. Gyms were closed. PT, people just didn't want to come indoors. Um, so I saw a need to open an outdoor facility or at least get equipment to start getting people moving again safely, um, outdoor space, away from each other, cleaning everything. And I just took advantage and made everybody a little bit easier, comfortable with working out. And that's how we started working out on the mall. 
Yeah. And what you said in cleaning everything. So we as athletes were responsible for wiping down everything and everyone took ownership. And that's what I loved. It was like, we knew what the drill was. We knew what the um, situation was. And I really appreciated that you made it affordable for all people. And that was just really very smart. So I want to talk about a little bit about your history and then we'll get back into the business. So you've pretty much always been an athlete. Is that correct? Always. So tell us about your, your start. Like what was one of your first sports, your best sports, and how did you evolve into being the runner, avid runner that you are today? So first sport was basketball. That's my one true love. I started playing when I like was no bigger than the basketball itself. You know, started dribbling around the uh, yard and then eventually we put a basketball hoop up on the barn. I grew up on a farm. So like we eventually put a basketball hoop on the side of the barn, uh, started playing. And then I got into it in high school. Um, and in high school, I did basketball, volleyball, and then started track and field because I needed something in the off season from volleyball and basketball. So started doing track and field, hated running, like absolutely hated running. So I was a jumper. So I did a uh, long triple and high jump. Um, and then I really never was like a runner at all until I got into like way later in my life, not until like 2013 is when I actually started running avidly. But all throughout my life, I've always played volleyball and basketball. They've been my keystone um, two sports that I've always gone to until I realized like I need to do something extra, more stress relief. Like moving to DC, it's expensive to get into leagues for volleyball and basketball. Running is free. So that's when I started really picking up running. Um, and then it took off from 2013. And here we are today, marathoner. <laughs> hey, and I think what you left off is something key. You are a multi-sport athlete. Uh, other than the running, yes. yes. <laughs> or other than the swimming, I should say. Uh, I did duathlon, uh, one duathlon. Um, and that was pretty cool. That was in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, I believe 2017, I completed a duathlon. So tell us about that experience and what enticed you to even do a duathlon. Yeah, so I picked up uh, cycling, which you can see my bike behind me. But uh, I picked up cycling and... Um, really got into it. My friends was like, Hey, why don't you do a duathlon? I'm a terrible swimmer. Like I sink like a lead balloon. So I decided to do the duathlon instead. Um, tried it out. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do have an experience with that duathlon. I got my butt kicked by this like 79 year old woman going up this hill climb on the bike. And I will like never forget that. Um, as I'm cycling, I'm like, you just got to beat her. That's all you got to do. I caught up to her on the run. So I like, I felt like it was a redemption. I love it, but don't underestimate these, the wisdom of these seasoned athletes. Like they are good. They are good. I mean, every one of them were ahead of me in the bike. And then I was like, I'll get you on the run. That's fine. And that's what it's like the give and take you have your, the tit for tat, but I love it. Cause they motivate. They're very, it's motivation. It's motivational to watch them as they're competing. And then you're just like, man, I want to be able to you know, have this at that age and be able to still be able to move, be limble and nimble and just really be able to enjoy the fullness of life at 79 or 80 years old. Absolutely. I mean, that's my one goal in life is to still be able to get out there and do races at whatever age, um, whether it's cycling, running, 
multi-sports, like something like just keep moving at that age. That's, that's my goal. And that should be everyone's goal. So let's talk about this. This is like a perfect segue into (laughs) that. And I'm glad you teed it up just right for us. So to be mobile at any age, what do you think we need and what is missing from a lot of our active routines? I would say number one is consistency. Like, unfortunately, in our age right now, it's like we are being pulled in so many different directions for work, for life, for friends, for our own ambitions, that type of stuff. Like, we're always being pulled in a different direction, but we really need to be consistent with our movement patterns. And that doesn't have to be the same sport over and over and over. It doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be cycling. It doesn't have to be swimming. It can be anything. Like, fill your gaps with some type of movement, and that's what's going to keep you long, um, healthy, long into your life. Okay. So being consistent, what type of workouts would you recommend at the minimal level to just keep that movement going? Very minimal, just body weight exercises. Cause if you can lift and move your own body weight, that's really all you need to do because our body weight is always going to change, right? Our flexibility, our mobility, it's always going to change as we age. As long as you can move your body, that's what you need to be able to do. Okay. I want to talk about something that I didn't realize was a real thing. And I don't think people realize is a thing. Driving in your car and sitting for long periods of time, especially being at a computer, like we hear about those things, but you can literally be injured sitting down. (laughs) Yep. That's like 90% of my population in the clinic. And let's talk about that because I think, especially with all the work from home and you have athletes who are just busy working from home, they forget to take breaks. What is it that you're seeing and how can, if they have to sit a long time, still be moving while sitting so that they aren't injured or stiff when it's time to work out? Yeah, anytime you can combine movement with your job, Um, For instance, if you're walking on a treadmill or cycling at the same time, if you're on a conference call and you can kind of just zone out and still be moving, but be present in that meeting or in that work, uh, that would be the best key. But definitely sitting for a long time. It's just, it's not the actual act of sitting down. That's the problem. It's stagnation, right? So anytime you're just stuck in one plane of movement for a very long time, that's when we get into trouble as far as mobility loss, strength loss, even like the joints and nerves of our body just don't work the way they're supposed to when we're just stagnant all the time. As the, the saying goes, like a body of water will grow algae when it's stagnant, right? It's the same thing to our body. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep that filtration going. Mm. I hadn't heard that before. A body of water. I mean, yes, it's normal and it's right, but never <laughs> heard anyone verbally say that aloud to me. So thank you, Dr. Sarah Weimer for that. Um, speaking of moving, as you, as you see, I'm doing my little, uh, QL exercises because I'm actually being seen currently by her because I have some QLs. I wonder who taught you that. (laughs) Uh Aha. Yep. Moving in the seat. So if like you're sitting down, you're moving your sit bones so that you're not getting, so that you won't stiffen up or it won't get stiff. Okay. Whatever the correct, whatever. Anyway, we'll just move on from that. But what do you say, and last season, or maybe the season before, we had Manjai Hosang on, who was a mobility specialist, 
And so I think it's just always an important reminder. The season is over. Your body is used to a certain level of working out. Or for those who are listening and you want to get into it, what would you say would be a good go-to mobility routine that people can do if they only have five minutes? Mm. Where to start? There's so many things. Um, I would say like start at your core, like our center, right? Our spine is the center of our body. That's where everything attaches. As long as you can keep good spinal mobility, everything down the line is going to move a little bit better. So if, if you just have five minutes, move your neck, move your middle of your back, move your spine, move those hips. Just that's where really where we need to start. And that's where everything kind of comes out of, right? Our spinal cord down into all of our extremities. If you get that moving really well, there should be gold. That's what we want. We want that gold, that liquid. Good, good. Hey, moving through our bodies because that's important. And we want you to be here. Okay. So let's talk about rehabilitation and physical therapy and why physical therapy should not be a crutch. And do you feel that athletes use that as a crutch so that they can get back out there versus just doing the right thing? For sure, because uh, physical therapy makes you feel better, right? We're, we're there to guide you through your injury, giving you the right mobility, giving you the right exercises to get you back on your feet. It becomes a crutch when people don't take responsibility for their exercises or responsibility for their injury. Um, it's a little bit of a mental aspect to it. Um, they want that satisfaction of like somebody's helping them along the way. And that's true for anything in life, right? We always rely on each other. Uh, but in physical therapy, we make you feel good. We make you feel better. We make your move, your body move. So it can become a crutch because people want to feel that same way every time. So it's a little bit of a like physical therapy drug almost. I think that's what it is. It's a physical therapy drug. <laughs> and it's it seems like that's the easy fix versus mm -hmm. the actual root of it is just do what you need to do from the onset. Right. That's a hard conversation to have with, with patients. It's like, I've given you all the tools. Now you have to go do it for yourself. Mm, it's the hard conversations. So out of your 2020 pandemic, brilliant outdoor workouts, you began training so many runners and triathletes. Mm -hmm. What was that like and what did that look like and how did that stretch you as a physical therapist slash a personal uh, training coach? I have to say like that was probably even though it was like the worst time of everyone's life you know, in the middle of the pandemic, I absolutely loved training all of you outdoor in the middle of all of that garbage that was happening. Like we found a community, we made a community that was safe. Um, everybody enjoyed coming. It was a way for people to to relax and get their bodies moving. So I, I absolutely loved that entire time working out with everybody. But it was also a challenge um, as far as me making sure that like I showed up at every workout, ready to roll, ready for, to make you guys feel the best that you could. Even when I had really crappy days on myself, I was like, I have to put a good face forward because I'm doing this for you guys, not for me. I'm doing it for you all to make sure that one, we get through this pandemic safely, and two, that we're there for mentally for each other and, and keeping this community going. 
I like that. And so with saying that, there were some things that you even had to overcome during this period. Yeah, some definitely some trials and tribulations, like a little bit of a reaction to the, the booster shot, which has set me back pretty hard on my own running and physical abilities. But we're getting through. Community's still strong. So keep showing up every day for everyone. And it's all we can do. That is and I love the fact that the community is really, um, it's a solid community, right? It's yes. its people who come and it's no judgment. If you can make it, you can make it. If you don't, you don't. And people are still out there checking on you and just making sure that everyone is well. I, I do want to say, I did forget to say this in the beginning, but yes, we are so overwhelmed with joy. Because that's the word for the season, right? Like, I forgot to say that earlier, but we are. We're overwhelmed at the fact that we get an opportunity to do this. We get an opportunity to move our bodies. We have great people like you who are finding creative ways to get people moving as well as build community, whether you are uh, a runner, whether you are a, are a triathlete, whether you are a swimmer, whether you are a hiker or a rock climber, there's space for you mm -hmm. to come and move your body. Tell us about where you meet and if people wanted to join, how could they join your workouts? So we still meet at the National Gallery of Art. There's a set of stairs um, on the mall. Uh, we meet there Wednesday nights, uh, 6, 6.15 for start. And then Sunday mornings, um, I'm still at the National Mall some days. I am currently might be moving for the winter months. Um, but the best place is to go to my website, uh, dcphysicaltherapyfit.com, uh, to check out if what's scheduled or what, uh, classes I might have on there. All right. dcphysicaltherapyfit.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's get into off season. People are, they're jonesing for a workout, how would you instruct them to be smart in what they choose to do during their off season to set them up for success for their next season? I think they need to prioritize number one, what is their goal for 2023? Is it, do you want to get faster? Is there a race that you have um, been eyeing for a long time that you want to get done? Or is it just like, I want to do as many races as possible? You pick out which one you want to focus on, and then you set your off season to that number um, one goal, either whether it's a race, a distance, anything like that. Your off season should match your goals for 2023 or the, the following year. A lot of people jump into too much, um, how do I say this, too many workouts right out of the gate in the off season because they come off of such a high from the season and they're, they're, Athletic ability is at its peak or should be at its peak at the end of the season. So they try to jump into too, too many things in the off season. So if you kind of just dial it back, focus in like, what, what did I miss out of the last season? What do I need for the season going forward? And then just fill in the gaps from there. You know, that's easier said than done, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's break that down a little bit more. 
So in terms of dialing back, say, say for instance, someone has just completed this rock star season and now they want to go run two or three marathons. They want to keep their running up. They want to weight train. Like, what do they need to do? Because they just feel like they have everything at their disposal and they can do anything because they're bionically superhuman because they have built up all this fitness. Absolutely. So it depends on like, when's your next race, right? I mean, PTs, we always say it depends, which is a, a kind of a fallback because sometimes it does really just depend on what their, what their level is. But I think that what they need to look at is how successful was their last season? Was it riddled with injuries? Did they have one nagging injury that kept coming back over and over and over? Or was it smooth sailing? If it was smooth sailing, I would say don't change anything in your off season. Just keep rolling, not to the same intensity, but dial it back enough to keep that fitness level there. If you're riddled with injuries, you need to seek out a consultation from a physical therapist or a personal trainer, someone to find those imbalances so that we can figure out why you keep having injuries over and over and over. Um, if it's one injury that keeps coming back again, like find a physical therapist to help with that injury. Like there's a reason you keep getting injured over and over and over, and we need to figure that out. And really that's what the off season should be about is figuring out these nuances or these issues that popped up during the season that you maybe have never had or have had for however many years, we have to figure that out in the off season and then focus on getting that better. Okay. I mentioned strength training in this last one, but we haven't talked much about strength training yet. How important is strength training and does strength training really make a difference long-term? It's probably the, the thing that I talk the most about with my athletes is strength training. I mean, I built an entire business off of strength training and making people strength train. Um, it's for sure is the pinnacle of an, or should be the pinnacle of an athlete. If you're not strength training, you're not asking your, your body to do more um, in a task than it should be able to, right? So if you can add strength or add weight to your body weight and be able to move that, that's going to help your body, your body get stronger, number one, but also like bone density for women, especially it's going to help with muscle strength. It's going to help with stability of your body. If you don't, if you're not strength training, you're just kind of taxing the same muscle over and over and over without creating a higher need or higher load to your body. So you're just, you're kind of spinning your wheels, so to speak. You're not really getting anywhere. And notoriously, or I guess in a lot of reports, I should say, it's often read that runners choose to just run versus doing the strength training, which is why they have a lot of injuries or nagging injuries. Yeah. So what are some of the common injuries you find with those in the multi-sport world as a result of lack of strength training? Multi-sport world, we see a lot of lower and upper back pain. Um, one, because of the, you're fixed on the bike and two, because of the uh, swimming aspect, right? A lot of people will neglect their core or spinal mobility because of those two aspects of their race. Um, so you really need to make sure like your core is strong is unique, a good core to be able to swim, keep your body in a parallel position. Same thing on the bike. You need to have a strong core to stay in that aerial position the entire time. It, you need to be comfortable in those positions. But if you keep neglecting the muscles that hold you in those positions, that's where problems arise. Now this could this was an opener for me this year and realizing how central the core is to pretty much everything we do. 
That's why they call it the core. <laughs> that was one of those. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that was good. And that's why they call it the core. <laughs> Whatever. But yes. <laughs> What are ways that you can do if you're not a traditionalist and don't want to do the crunches? Mm. What are some ways to trick yourself into doing ab work so that you can build your core? Easiest thing for ab work, this is going to sound bananas, but breathing. A lot of people like will not use their abdominal muscles correctly to actually help them breathe. We just rely on the lungs to passively bring in air and air in and out your abdominals, your diaphragm. That's all part of your core. If you have to use those muscles to help you breathe adequately, adequately think about a swimmer. Like every time you turn your head to breathe, if you're not using your core, your hips are going to dip down. Now you've just made your stroke a little bit harder. Same thing with on the bike, right? If you're in that aero position, if you can't breathe, expand your chest to be able to um, get air in, we're going to run into problems in our back because we can't get that mobility. As she was talking, I was doing some breathing exercises, but breathing not only just helps with your core, but it really is good because it helps to get you in your parasympathetic mode. There which helps go. to reduce stress. There you go. And listen, <laughs> deep breathing is a winner for multiple fronts, not just your core, but also just to keep your body in a very nice and calm reaction or a calm state, especially if you have a lot going on in your life. It's a really good way to just hold it in and release and smile and everything will be okay because you know what you only can control what you can control and the things that you can control in this moment as we get ready for season for, for the 2020 for the 2023 season is we can do our core work we can do our mobility work we can do our strength work and we can be stronger than we were because we're doing the right things so that we do not have to go to a physical therapist and we can just immediately come out of the box strong. Absolutely. That was nice and calm. Did you guys appreciate that? And everyone is shaking their head. Yes. As they're listening. I get it. I'm here because I'm shaking my head. Yes. So talk about 2021 for you. You trained so many athletes with some really big goals. What were some of those goals and what did you do to get them prepared for their races? So the biggest chunk of athletes that I had in 2021 were, I don't even know how many of you, six were training for Ironman Maryland last year. Um, so whenever you all told me that this was happening, I was like, oh girl, I have to get myself together on these exercises. It can't just be like, let's just do this for fun. I literally had to sit down and make a training plan for myself of how I was going to push you all one strength wise, but two, to make sure that we all show up together at the same time to meet this fitness goal. Cause you all chose the same, the same race. Um, so I knew that like, okay, we have a common goal. How can I make each one of them stronger for this goal that they're want, they want to achieve. So it really like, it took me a minute to like sit down and realize like, okay, I need to like 
do this for all of them, not just for the race, but individually for each person in the community uh, in, in these workouts. I think it turned out really well because you all kicked butt at Ironman Man Maryland. Yes, we did. <laughs> now, what is the attrition rate of those who participated last year and how have they continued this year if they have or haven't? There's definitely been um, a drop off of uh, clients, but I've also like gained a lot of new clients at the same time. But there, I don't think the goals are as big this year as last year, especially coming off of doing a full Ironman. A lot of you for the first time, um, I don't think there's that same goal for this year, this past year. Um, a lot of people had a lot more running goals, uh, swimming goals, that type of stuff. Um, so it's definitely been uh, a setback as far as the amount of people attending the workouts, but also like life came back, right? So everybody's back to work. Everybody has other challenges, um, families that they can finally go visit for the first time. So I can't blame that entirely on like not having fitness goals, but like life came back and reality kind of checked in for all of us uh, with these workouts. But I'm still there. I'm still doing them. Everyone shows up when they can, when they want to. And it's still a no pressure, no judgment space for everyone. Right. And, and I guess maybe what I was trying to get at is you still have a committed few mm -hmm. and a committed group that no matter whether they're training for, or maybe this is the point I want to make, no matter whether you're training for a race or not, it's good to just be quote unquote, the word we used earlier, consistent mm -hmm. and good to just keep your body in a, in a state that it can be ready to go at any given moment for at minimum a sprint distance, if that's what you choose to do. Correct. I mean, I, I have five um, ladies and gentlemen that never race, that don't do any races at all. And they've come, they attend the classes purely for fitness. Uh, they have no running ambition. They have no races, nothing like that. They literally come because it's an organized workout and that's what they, they want out of it which is fine by me. I bet it is. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think and what advice would you give to an athlete who's a beginner, who's con contemplating doing a race, doesn't know where to start? How would you encourage them right now? And what would you say to them to get them motivated to get ready to just try? Yeah, I would say like find a community or find a like person, um, whether that's in the same goal or somebody who's done other races, um, find someone who is within that same area of expertise that you're in. Uh, and then just start, honestly, just come to the community workouts, come to any uh, activity that we're doing together, whether it's a run, whether it's a workout, even just like some of the talks I do on fitness in general around the city, come to one of those, um, start, start the conversation. That's the best part. Cause you don't know what you don't know. Um, and finding somebody who does know really makes it easier for you. There it is. Find a friend and let's get training. So Dr. Sarah, You are amazing at what you do. You have the results to prove it, especially this year. 
like you've had some big qualifiers for some really major races around the, the world uh, with some people. And so how does that keep you encouraged and motivated to continue to do what you do? Yeah, I mean, I love working with all types of athletes. Um, like you said in the intro, like whether it's a first time runner or it's a first time multi-sport or I have a few ladies who are on the verge of qualifying for the Olympic trials and marathon. And I had just had a, one athlete uh, at Ironman Maryland this year qualify for Kona. Like it's awesome to have that level of experience and expertise, but it's also humbling to work with people who maybe this is their first race, right? So everything in between, it just, it keeps me on my toes. And I love every aspect of that because I can learn from every person within that, uh, within that group of people, whether it's from my, you know, high level athletes. Um, every time we do something different, like I learn from them or a new person who I have to explain things a little bit differently because it's, they've never experienced that before. It's, it, it definitely keeps me on my, on my toes and I really enjoy learning from everyone within that group. Yep. I'm listen, me and this mute button <laughs> one day we're going to be friends. So just to kind of clue you guys in as to what's happening, I put myself on mute just so the sound quality is the purest it can be. And I even do this in work meetings. It's like, I start talking and I'm like, listen, I just need these systems to know when I'm talking or when anyone is talking, just unmute us automatically. Like, please unmute us. So we don't have to keep doing it ourselves. Ah, I digress. What we're going to do now is move into some rapid fire and I'm going to make this interesting um, and uh, as interesting as possible to kind of relate to what you're doing. But I just want to button this up before we get into the rapid fire questions. Although Dr. Sarah is a unique athlete in her own right. She's a runner. She's a ball player, basketball player, volleyball player. She knows her stuff when it comes to physical therapy, fitness, and making sure her athletes are in top shape. And so I just highly encourage, if you don't live in the DC area and you want someone who's going to share really good information, give them your Instagram handle so that they can follow you for um, tips and tricks and scientific facts. Like you put it all out there. <laughs> Try to. Uh, so follow me on Instagram. It's um, at Dr. Sarah Weimer PT. Um, you can send me DMs. I do work with virtually athletes all over the country. So I'm willing to work with anyone. Um, or you can actually go to my website. There's a, a form on there that you can send me an email directly through my website. I'm happy to talk to anyone. All right. She's happy to talk to you. Call her. Don't delay today. I'm really just encouraged to get people to just stay active and to keep your fitness up no matter what. Um, I have really been in some really fortunate spaces this year where I've gotten to see 90 year olds cross the finish line. And to me, that just opened my, it stretched my soul in a way that I didn't think about like you know you think about oh 80 70 80 but when you're 90 years old and you are still crossing finish lines and for some of these people what one of the ladies it was her first mm. it's like come on there's nothing that we can't do as long as we keep our body moving and 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 I want to share this because I know sometimes I talk a lot about it's not about winning yeah it is about winning right you want to do well you want to succeed you want to go out there and give it your best 
But what I really want to share, and I guess what I'm trying to get across is that, but what I'm really trying to get across, because I don't want to be a, maybe a cynic or a cynist. I don't know. I don't want to be that person that's, that doesn't have a competitive spirit because I do. I think it's just very different. And I think you get in where you fit in. There are people who know where you want to be and keep going and just try. Don't worry about what you can't do. And I guess I want to just say, be competitive in your own right, but don't let that competitive energy turn into something negative where you're always criticizing your races. Absolutely. And so I think that's my takeaway and it may not be directly related to this conversation per se, but if you have a race, have a good race, but it's not, oh, I did good, but this, like we got to change the narrative. And maybe that's what I want to do. I want to help change the narrative so that people can be grateful because we are in November that you can move your body. Be grateful that you get to do this sport. Be grateful that you are able to swim, bike, run, play tennis, play golf, whatever it is that you get to do, you get to move. And that is a gift in itself. And so take Dr. Sarah's message and move at all costs, move. Because you will save yourself doctor's bills down the line if you move now and just keep moving. Do little weights, like this weird things that you can do, like get you some ankle weights and some arm weights. And while you're working at the computer, that's weight training, typing. That's weight training. It's little things that we can do. And I really just want you guys well. And again, I guess I was inspired by seeing those 90 year olds come across the finish line. And I want that for each of you because I believe that we can do it and we can do it injury-free if we do the right things. And so I wanted to have Dr. Sarah Weimer on because I think it's important that we hear from our community physical therapist about what we can do to keep our bodies nimble, nimble and keep our bodies strong, agile, and you know, just so that we can continue to move forward. So enough of my rant, you guys don't really wanna hear me. Let's get into some fun things. And we're going to do rapid fire, Dr. Sarah, so you know what we're going to ask. Well, you may not know what we're going to ask, but it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick and it's going to be great. What is your favorite running route? Mm. Uh, I definitely love, I, so I live in like Northwest DC area. So I love running down to the mall. Uh, and I'll either go right into Georgetown waterfront area or I'll go left uh, and do a, like a loop around the mall itself. Mm, that's a very pretty route. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to bike anywhere in the world? Oh, um, I would have to say, honestly, like I love biking in Anacostia Park. Uh, I think it's wide open spaces. Uh, I think it's enough room for everyone out there. And I think it's a hidden gem, to be honest. Like a lot of people just don't use it as much as we should. Um, everybody goes over to Rock Creek Park area, but I love Anacostia Park. Good for you. <laughs> um, at the end of a race, do you prefer beer, wine, water, or soda? 
Uh, I'm probably gonna, gonna go with water, <laughs> and that yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Squats or deadlifts? I'm gonna go with squats. Get those booty gains. Mm, okay, okay. Um, bands or battle rope? Ooh, I'm gonna go with bands. There's so much you can do with bands. As you all know, if you come to my workouts, like there are so many bands everywhere. That you will learn to hate or love, <laughs> whichever is your choice. <laughs> okay. Um, what motivates you when you don't want to work out and how do you get motivated? So I guess the question is, how do you get motivated when you don't want to work out? Yeah, I have to have to think about if I am not able to be at my best self uh, for my clients, then they are missing out on treatments. So I have to keep myself moving and motivated so that I can help others. Okay. And I usually have a question that I ask people. So I'm just going to ask you this because <laughs> I don't know if you've biked this distance to even be able to pee on the bike, <laughs> but let's just ask it because you might have pee on the bike or get off and take a pop or pee break. I would get off the bike. <laughs> mm. Well, let me ask you this because this might have happened. You're running a marathon. Mm. Pee on yourself or find a porta potty that's two miles away and you can't get there. Yeah, I'm finding a porta john or in the woods somewhere. Mm. You're classy. I know I'm too OCD. I'm too OCD about it. I have to, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> Uh, as I think about this, people be like, why are you so amused with peeing on yourself and peeing on the bike? It's really not. I, I actually was like, like, I don't think she'll ask me that, but here we are. I didn't think I was going to ask either. And then I just kind of felt in my, my <laughs> inner being, I was like, what the heck? Just ask the question. <laughs> uh, I love it. What do you do to decompress? decompress. Uh, I usually uh, will read something that's not medical related. Um, so to get my mind off of anything, I'm always reading something, right? What's usually medically related or fitness related. So I have to sometimes shift my brain completely and go to something completely off the wall to make my brain decompress. All right. And because this season is about overcoming, what is the biggest challenge you've overcome and how has fitness help you do that? Uh, so I would say I'm still in that battle, unfortunately, with uh, my reaction uh, to the booster shot. So it's uh, it's been a long haul, I'll say that. Um, but I'm, I'm slowly coming out the other end. And, and it has really made me realize how much running and fitness is a part of my life. Because uh, there were a few months where taking a shower was the peak of my fitness for that day. Uh, so I'm definitely coming out of it and realizing like, I need to keep myself moving um, because fitness is my life. Fitness is myself and physical therapy is, is who I am. So I have to be able to do that to be myself. And because we're in November, what is, a, what is something that you're grateful for? Uh, honestly, I'm grateful for the community that I have around me. Um, all of you that 
came together in 2020 when the world was shit, so to speak, um, that community really kept me going, to be honest. Like it gave me something to look forward to every weekend and every Wednesday. Um, and it, like I said, I, that was probably the, the, it's gonna sound weird, but the happiest time of my life was like keeping all of you happy and going through 2020 uh, and 2021. Like that was awesome. I would, I would repeat those two years over and over and over as far as the, what we, what we built. Yeah, let's be let's clarify that with what we have built with the community. Yes, we will build that over yeah, and over. Not, and we, yeah, COVID aside, but <laughs> COVID aside, but yes, yeah, that can it, kick we, rocks. But <laughs> yeah, but community, I am so grateful, and I know that those who will listen to this and hear this will say that they are grateful. So I'm going to speak on behalf of the crew. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for coming to Try Beginners Luck and sharing your knowledge. And for those of you who are listening, thank you. Thank you is a powerful word. It's a powerful gesture. And I can't say it enough. I am grateful for you listening. I am grateful for Dr. Sarah and giving up her time today. Keep moving. It is a gift. Moving movement is a gift. Do yourself a favor. As you're listening to this, I hope you're working out as you're listening to this, but just keep moving and have a strong 2023 season as a result. All right. Whenever you try beginners like you always win and you know that I'm Ashonda and we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.